Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. We're right smack dab in the middle of summer. And it's not exactly the best time for sports. And I'm off for two weeks. So what do I start with? Do I start with NFL free agency? Do I start with a little baseball? Or do I start with the trip? My two-week run to Wisco. What do I do? If you were me, what would you do? In fact, I'll put it out to you. What do you want to hear me start with? What do you want my take on? I don't care. You're going to get what you get anyway. Why don't we start with a quick rundown on the Wisconsin run with the highlights and the lowlights? All right, just a quick rundown off the top. In the meantime, you know where to find me. You've got my phone number. Use it. Let me start with one quick highlight and one quick lowlight off the very top. And both of these things happen every single time. I don't want to be redundant, but both these things happen every single time. The highlight is this. I got to get away from you. That's a highlight. You got to get away from me. We needed it. We both needed it. And then we both appreciate each other more when I return. Am I right? So that's a good thing. Now for the low light. And this happens every single time I hit the north woods of Wisconsin. I've been doing this now for the last few years. Naively, somehow, I think that it won't be the case. Alvin, I'm going to need the fat alarm for this one. Hit it. It's not for the people of Wisconsin either. It's for me. It's for yours truly. Listen, we do not have a scale in Wisconsin. So, I jump on it first thing yesterday morning when I get back in Cali. Got back Saturday night. Didn't weigh in then. Wanted to wait till I slept it off. Woke up with an empty gut. Jumped on the scale yesterday morning. Literally could not believe my eyes. Like, I couldn't even begin to process the number I was seeing because it's a number that I have not seen in the last few years. I mean, imagine this. All right, imagine a number that was my high. My high during the pandemic. Like, we all hit a high during the pandemic, right? A number that was so ugly during the pandemic that I never approached that number again. It was a wake-up call I had to have. So I never approached that number since the pandemic. Get on the scale yesterday morning. I had blown right through that number. Like, I wanted to say, the hell is going on here? Like, what are we doing here? What are we talking about here? Did I just throw on the James Harden fat suit? Hey, by the way, Beard, great brand. Great brand you have. Get what you want or just get fat. I like it. I like that brand. Hey, don't tell me it doesn't work for them. More on that later. Anyway, I wanted to think that it was just me throwing on Lorden's fat suit. Except that was not the case because the scale does not lie. We know this. The scale does not lie. Let's just say, as I put in my Instagram story yesterday, my purported Wisconsin cleanse did not take. So, I did what I always do in that case. I hit the Van Smack Extreme Weight Cut the 24 hours before I showed up here in this studio on camera. 
And while I obviously cannot undo the damage that I did in the two weeks prior, in only 24 hours, I've gotten to a point where I can undo at least half of it. So that's pretty cool. And I'm sure extremely healthy. The crazy thing is, when I was in Wisconsin, I went on my best Peloton streak ever the last two weeks. I did 90-minute rides all 13 days that I was in Wisconsin. Didn't take a single day off. A 90 every single morning. Not to be a bag. But if you have one of those rigs, you know that's a pretty solid streak. And I still could not outpedal what I was shoveling down my gullet. So, Alvy, hit me with the fat alarm again because I clearly deserve it. That's for me. That's two for me. Way more than two, actually. Now, part of the reason is Logan Rome, a.k.a. Rogues, ices the bottom floor of the house where the gym is. So while that ride is good for my head, it's good for my heart, I'm not sweating out that many calories. As an example, I come back to Cali. I hit my Tower of Hate, you know, where I prep at night. It's kind of my, my hybrid, my gym and my office. I hit the Tower of Hate, and in the summer, it's a hot box. That little hot box gets into the 80s. My office is 84 degrees, and I ride right through it. I love it. It's not quite like Chris Chelios dragging his exercise bike into a sauna back in the day, but pretty damn close. That's how I was able to sweat out more than half of what I gained in two weeks in a single day. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. But full transparency, I've had some pretty horrifying moments on the scale off that Wisconsin trip, but that was definitely one of the worst ever. No, that was the worst ever. But it was the wake-up call and the kick in the ass that I needed, and the weight cut continues as we speak. I'm telling you, 1-800-636-8686. Hit me up. How the last two weeks go for you? By the way, I could probably do an entire hour, if not two hours, on that trip. I won't. But I could. There's a lot more where that came from. So your phone number is toll free. Hit me up on social at Jim Rome. Email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. A couple of more thoughts from the trip. And again, I've got lots of sports to get to. Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe, free agent defensive end, joining me up at 1020. Ross Tucker joins me at 1140. Open phones right now. Never too soon to try and clear that golden ticket. For Smackoff 30, I've got a reaction to Smackoff 29. I do. Wouldn't that be great my first day back? Right smack dab in the middle of July to give somebody a golden ticket. It's possible. Another obvious highlight from the trip. Quality family time. Jake Rome, the older of our two sons, has graduated from college. He's got a summer job at a production company in Madison. His younger brother and our other child, Logan, a.k.a. Rogues, graduated from high school. He is leaving shortly for Boulder to attend the University of Colorado. Of course, not before he goes to Columbia. Check this out. Logan is going to Columbia 
before he goes to Boulder. But not your Columbia, Tommy. Columbia, the country. Yeah, no problem. I myself did all sorts of crap like that when I graduated high school before I went to college. Sure, I didn't. But I was a nerd. And Rogues is a pimp. Yes, he's going to Columbia. How and why, I have no idea. The dude is going to Columbia before he goes to Boulder. Oh, one other highlight regarding the kid, Rogues. So yesterday morning, I get a text from the man himself, Woody. The Eagle River legend, Woody. Woody thumbs out a text to me saying, quote, Logan kicked my ass in pickleball. He's, quote, a hell of an athlete, end of quote. Proper praise coming from the Northwoods legend that is Woody. As a reminder, some of you know this already, but as a refresher, Woody is half Paul Bunyan, half Bill Gates. A dude who lives in the woods, but has a mansion in the woods, and is a serial entrepreneur and business owner. Like, again, I can't figure out what this dude is. Like, he's half Paul Bunyan, half Bill Gates. So a big win for Rogues because Woody takes his pickleball very seriously. Because Woody takes everything very seriously. You don't believe me? Did you see my post on this year's Woody Brunch? Did you see how he stepped his game up from the eight-egg omelet and pork chop to the scrambled eggs, outdoor pizza oven that he built, and a gigantic tomahawk steak that he barbecued on some crazy hanging grill that he bought, which overlooks his lake. The dude's a freaking maniac. And that doesn't include Woody and his wife Molly hooking Dodger Jano and I and Matt and Lori Coleman up for something known as Hodag. Hodag is, how do I put this? How do I put this respectfully? Hodag is like the stagecoach of the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Remember when we had that house on the fake lake in Indio for a few years? A house that is directly adjacent to Coachella and stagecoach. I never once hit stagecoach. Not once. That was a girls weekend. And I'm just not a huge country music guy like, I don't know, the big head, James Kelly. Kelly? Straight hick. Er, country as hell. Truth is, Hodag was the first country music festival I have ever been to. And I will tell you this, best people watching ever. The first thing I saw when I hit the grounds was some overfed dude rocking a denim Speedo and nothing else but cowboy boots. And I thought, damn. Number one, where can I get one of them, their denim Speedos? And two, this place rules. Check out what I've been missing. So I've got a lot more thoughts on Hodag, the festival, what went down, what we did there, and a lot more about lake life and the two weeks there. So I'm back home alone. Dodger Jano is still there. Rogues is still there. Rogues' entire crew is still there. Jake went back to Madison. So, 
Cody the Ragdoll Legend and Sapphire, the bloated cat, and I are hanging out. We're solo. Got a lot more Wisconsin takes. You got to make clones. My social media game was pretty strong there, right? Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. So let me finish this thought. And again, complete smack off recap at the top of the hour and sports too. And a couple of nice interviews. Yanni Kingakwe, 1020. Ross Tucker, 1140. Let me finish my thought about me going to my first country music festival, though. So we go, we get ourselves a little backstage hookup. I'm not trying to be a D-bag about it. We just did. We got lucky. Must be nice, Rome. It was. But let me tell you about that little backstage hookup. The little backstage hookup had a little makeshift bar. A little bar that really did not have the tequila that we were looking for. So knowing we, namely Coleman and I, Knowing Matt Coleman and I had to get where we had to get and get there quickly, given where we were, I started to order a certain brand of tequila. Coleman is the biggest reason I drink tequila. Coleman sees what I order and he goes, no, 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 you don't want to do that. No, no, no. Coleman's take was, and I quote, I would rather have the Jägermeister before we drink that tequila. And he's not... You know, I've told you about Matt Coleman. Coleman is the coolest, most humble, down-to-earth, rich guy I've ever met. It wasn't with any attitude. He, he's not a snob. He just, I think, knows the back-end effects of that particular tequila. It must be pretty bad because he pushed me towards the Jaeger. So we start smashing shots of Jägermeister. A couple of middle-aged dudes at a country music festival slamming little plastic cups of Jägermeister. I don't think I've hit the Jäger since my talk two days on ESPN2 in the early 90s. Or that one night out in the club with Dennis Rodman in, I think, 1994 when the worm smashed about 20 shots and I tapped out after about 10. Anyway, the 2023 version of Coleman and I was about a half a dozen shots of Jaeger each. And yes, Woody was not drinking, and he was our designated driver because, of course, he was. So, properly Jaegered, we settle in for our first country music festival ever. I look down below because I'm backstage, and there she is, the legend, Tanya Tucker. First of all, the old gal, she can still bring it now. If I'm not mistaken, between songs, she was so funny. She sat down on a speaker, I think, and said, man, y'all are wearing me out, and took a swig from something. I don't know if it was Jack. I don't know if it was bourbon. I'm like, hell yeah. And then she got up and she belted out another song. So that was kind of cool. Then we wait for the second act. The second act, for some reason, never shows. I don't know if it was the weather. I don't know if they just kind of went 
country music star thing, I, whatever it was, the second act did not show. It was supposed to be three acts. So I don't know what happened to them. I just know not too many people cared. They just partied on. Imagine a scene with tens of thousands of people, RVs, campers, denim Speedos, and parties everywhere. Like, you need to secure and or purchase real estate for the RV space. And you've got to bring your own seats. And then drop them off a few days ahead of time. And it's all extremely orderly. Like, I thought that I would see a bunch of brawls and maybe some really unsavory stuff. But I didn't. So then the headliner hits the stage. Now, I'm going to shoot you straight. Again, I'm not a big country music dude, right? I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying it's not my deal. I'm not saying, I mean, you know my deal. I'm more of like an old school punk rock, alternative rock, indie rock dude, some classic rock, some metal. I'm just not about country music. Yeah, Rome, you just don't get it. Right. (laughs) I agree. I don't get it. Even if I have a lot of friends who are, and I know a lot of you listeners are, I'm just going to shoot you straight. I really did not even know who the headliner was. I didn't know who Hardy was. Hardy was the headliner. I didn't know the dude. I didn't know the band. I admit it, which is cool because I'm pretty certain Hardy didn't know who I was or that I was even in attendance or give a damn that I was. Although he probably knew who Woody was because everybody knows Woody. Woody runs the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Anyway, my dude Hardy, he hits the stage in a Milwaukee Bucks gamer, and then the band immediately gets all heavy. Like, they get down. They get down. They get electric with it. And I'm like, I, this this ain't horrible. In fact, I'm kind of feeling it. Like, I'm into it. Sort of had kind of a Kid Rock vibe to it. But electric. But heavy. You know, and then they settled into what I thought it would be. But started well. And I want to give these dudes this. Man, they worked. They hit it hard. They put on a good set. So, my first country music festival, thanks to Woody's wife, Molly, for putting it all together. Great gal. And then I check in with our makeup artist, Cindy. Now, Cindy is about that life. Cindy's all about that life. And Cindy's hyped. She's pumped up that I went. And she's like, best thing ever, right? Genie. I dream of Genie. Cindy's like, best thing ever, right? Best thing ever, right? And I'm like, no. No, it's not. It's not the worst thing ever. In fact, I had a pretty damn good time. The thing about Hardy, my dude, and my dude, first of all, there were tens of thousands of people there who loved this cat, like knew every lyric. And then I check him out on social. He's got more than a million followers on Instagram. This, this dude, this dude's something. I got to admit, man, I really, really liked it. I liked him. And I liked the band until they started playing country music. Then it was time to go. No, nothing but respect, dude. Don't don't you dare run back to him that I dissed him because I'm not. Put on a good set, good energy. Got after it. I liked it. Gave the people what they wanted. I enjoyed it. So... I try to do everything at least once when I go back there. The ski show, Hodag, we did hit the casino. I'll do that more than once, for sure. And a lot more.
1-800-636-8686. You know what I missed? So there's a casino, and the casino is actually in Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Then there's another casino going the other way, and that casino, I think, allows 18-year-olds. So Dodger Jano looked it up. Do you know who's playing at that casino? And I'm going to miss it. Freaking Fog Hat. I'm like, whoa, Fog Hat. Tommy, do you not know Fog Hat? Isn't that great? What's next? Blue Oyster Colt? Fog Hat I'd check out for sure. For sure. But I'm going to miss that. There it is. Skinner didn't want any of that. If my dude Neil Young shows up. Anyway, I've got like four more Wisco takes that I could get to if I want to. But I do have a smack off recap at the top of the hour. See some more reaction. Planet Wilson, Rome, cut the BS already. Did you get the freaking pork chop for breakfast or not? Dude, I said, get your ass to my Instagram feed. Did you not hear the opening take? Woody get your ass to Moss. is one of those guys who is never satisfied. Woody is relentless. Woody is always looking to step his game up. Woody was not going to run up. back the pork shop. Woody knew he had to do better. So what Woody did in anticipation of me and this year's brunch was build an outdoor pizza oven for brunch. He had this crazy-ass grill, like a triangular hanging grill, a round grill that was hanging in triangular formation, gigantic. And when you see where he put it, I have no idea how he got, like, did he have a crane to lower that thing down to the level that he did? I've never seen anything like it. And on it, and I don't know where he got this beef, the biggest tomahawk steaks I have ever seen in my life. Planet Wilson, get your ass to my Instagram feed and look for it, and then ask me again if he went with the pork chop. Get your ass to No, man, that's not what Woody does. He's looking to step his game up every single year. I don't know where he goes from here. Eggs. Pizza, not just pizza, but like authentic pizza oven, stone oven, and a tomahawk that I've never seen before in my life. In my life. U.S. Cellular has some great news, especially for you, person listening to this podcast. Right now, you can get one line with unlimited data for just $29.99. So, unlike other cell networks, you won't have to pay for lines you don't need just to get a good price. Get one line for $29.99 with unlimited data today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms do apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Yannick Ngakwe is my guest. Yannick, good to have you back, man. How are you? How are you doing, Jim? Appreciate you having me. Good to have you, dude. How are you feeling? I'm feeling excellent, you know, just enjoying, you know, life. You know, enjoying, you know, being alive and being able to spend time with family. 
That is so true. Being above ground is a good thing. I agree with you. So normally this time of year, though, you're gearing up for training camp. So what's your headspace like as you consider all your options as a free agent? What's that part of it like? Uh, you know, just, you know, giving a lot of it to uh, to the man above, giving it to God. He orders my steps. And, you know, right now just, just staying in shape and, you know, communicating with my agent. I have a great agent, uh, Mr. Drew Rosenhaus, and, you know, we go back and forth every day about, uh, you know, how it's going to look at the end. So I'm just ready and getting myself prepared to be able to help, you know, wherever I sign, uh, get to a Super Bowl. All right, so it's been a number of years. I used to talk to Drew quite a bit. In fact, he used to come on my shows. There was one show that Drew came on when he was part of a panel, and we came out of a commercial break. We were in the commercial break, and Drew was like, come on, come on, let's go, let's get it. Like he's coaching everybody up, and he just walked in to be a part of the panel. Like there's nobody like this guy. What's he been like for you to work with? Uh, he's great, man. He's a guy that communicates really well. Uh, he reci- uh, reciprocates information really well to you. So um, me and him have a lot of things in common as far as our work ethic and uh, as well as just our focus on what we do for our, for a living. You know, he's a great agent, and uh, I feel like um, I really take a lot of uh, focus and pride on what I do for a living as far as, you know, just playing football and being a great teammate. So like it was a really uh, great fit for both of us. All right, so in terms of what you do for a living, I'm looking at the numbers. You've got 19 and a half sacks over the last two seasons. So do you think that whoever ends up with you is getting the best version of you? Every year, man, I'm trying to strive to become, you know, the best version of myself. You know, there's always things that we can uh, do, you know, to to upgrade ourselves and, and, you know, be better than what we were last year. So, you know, whoever ends up uh, picking me up, you know, and allowing me to, uh, get in the locker room and lead these men. Uh, we'll get a guy that's just, you know, selfless and a guy that's just ready to, you know, fly 100 miles per hour on the field. All right, so that's what they'll get if they bring you in. What's your priority in looking for your next team? In other words, what is most important to you at this point in your career? Uh, what's most important to me, man, is just, you know, uh, being a servant leader, you know, giving back the information that I've learned over the years to the young guys and being able to you know, bring a championship to whatever city I end up in, man. That's that's the biggest thing for me, you know, going forward in my career. So, you know, you've, you've played for five teams in the last four years. So how important is stability and possibly laying down some roots somewhere? Is that something you're looking to do? Absolutely, man. You know, everybody wants a home. Everybody wants to be able to just, uh, you know, just play football. And I really worried about the business side of things. So, you know, I feel like I have a the great representation to be able to, you know, get that situated and sorted for me so at the right right now at this time i'm just uh making sure like i said that i'm staying in shape doing all the things that i need to do to be to be effective for you know wherever team i end up in yanni king is my guest you know when you look at this you became just the fifth player in nfl history to record eight or more sacks in each of your first seven years others include alphas like reggie white aaron donald Derek thomas and marcus ware in other words some of the best to ever do it what's it represents you to join that club uh, it's a blessing, you know. Uh, God has allowed me to stay healthy, and um, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's just, it's just, you know, a, a team thing. It's a team sport. You know, four equals one. Four D linemen getting to the football. You know, I've been able to be blessed to play with some with some great, great uh, defensive ends and D tackles throughout my career. Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, you know, guys like that. Um, in Vegas, I was able to play, you know, across with with Max. It was it's just a blessing, you know. I've I've been able to you know build and uh, and create relationships with guys that are are great football players. You, know, you mentioned I could ask you about any of the guys you just mentioned, but what about Max Crosby? Like this dude has turned himself into an amazing force, like a dominant, dominant force. What do you make of the way he's developed and as quickly as he's done it? 
Man, I'm not surprised at all, man. I saw the work ethic when I was in Vegas. Uh, really good work ethic. Guy that's uh, passionate about the game. Guy that studies a lot, man. So I have a lot of respect for him. You know, I'm not surprised the success he's had, man. And, I, and I'm expecting a lot of more success to come for that kid. You know, I'm going to shoot you straight. I'm a little bit shocked, given what you've accomplished, that you're still available. Why are you still available? What's going on? I'm not sure, man. That's a that's a question for, you know, not me. It's a question for, you know, I guess whoever makes those decisions. Right now, the only thing I can control is staying in shape, being in the best shape that I've been in my whole career, and, you know, being able to be a force when I touch the field again. All right, you know this as well as anybody. You, you're not going to get to where you are if you're constantly thinking about things that are out of your control, right? You can only control what you can control, and this is not something you can control. It's just your effort, your work ethic, your attitude. But as you look around the league, you know what teams need. You know what they're looking for. Do you see an ideal landing spot for you? Any team in the NFL is an ideal landing spot for me. It's a blessing to be able to work any job in the NFL. You know what I mean? Uh, being able to to go and, and practice with a team, to be able to go through a walkthrough, to be able to go through film study. It's a blessing. It doesn't matter what organization, uh, for me in particular, it's just me being able to just play again uh, with the team is a great opportunity for me. So I have my sights set on nothing but whoever calls me and is ready to you know, bring me in. I can appreciate that response. Speaking of the work in the film room, you get after it in the weight room, you get after it in the film room. How much of your willingness to grind comes directly from your mother, Marlene, who emigrated to the U.S. from Martinique and often worked multiple jobs while you were growing up to provide these opportunities for you? Yeah, man. My mom, she's one of the, she is the strongest person I know, and she's been through a lot. And to be able to see her, uh, you know, watch me grow up to this young man is a blessing because it's all – all, all of that uh, uh, credibility goes to her. She, she's the reason why I was able to go to football practice every day, get picked up and dropped off from, and make sure that I had food in my stomach. You know, regardless of the lack of resources that we had, she did it all. And just to see that she never made an excuse uh, when it came to waking up early and uh, dropping off uh, her two boys, making sure that they got to school on time, as well as making sure that she got to work on time, that was instilled in me. So, uh, you know, I, I give I give my all my credit and all my uh, my love to her because if it wasn't for Marlene, I wouldn't even be in this position, man. That's awesome. That is so selfless of her, too. So you mentioned what it was like with the Raiders. I want to ask you about last season. I know you're looking ahead and not looking back, but last season with the Colts was wild, man. Like, going through an in-season coaching change is challenging enough, but then you bring in Jeff Saturday from his TV studio to serve as the interim coach for the final eight games. Have you ever experienced anything like that before in your football life? Yeah, man. You know, football is all about uh, adversity and all about how you respond to adversity. In Vegas, we had uh, uh, a lot of events as well that occurred, and we were still able to go to the playoffs. So, you know, adversity, I feel like it brings people closer or it brings people apart from each other, and uh, that's the beautiful thing about it. So last year, you know, it's normal, man. The NFL, anything can happen, you know, uh, as, as far as even in a football game. Anything can happen. A team can be down 30 points and, and uh, come back and uh, win a game. So, it's just all about uh, how you respond. It's really interesting, actually, right, that the normal is that nothing's normal. Every single year something happens. How do you think that group did respond? I mean, the record would indicate not great, but what was actually going on in that locker room? Were guys pulling together or were they maybe ripping apart? Were there fissures? I would say guys fought as best as they could, man. It was, you know, sometimes you you have your years when you when you have a, a ten. Uh, 16-1 record or, you know, uh, 
a record that's not as well. But at the end of the day, man, it's like I said from the uh, the second uh, response is it's all about how you respond, man. And I'm rooting for those guys this year. I hope they have a tremendous year, a tremendous season, and you know I hope they land uh, farther than where they were last year, man. I'm just rooting for those guys, so. You Nothing bad to say. No, I hear yeah. you. You know, I wonder about the numbers, right? I mentioned your numbers, big numbers. Given that football is the ultimate team game, and you made it really clear, you're looking for the right the right opportunity, but just to be on a team where you can be a servant leader. But what about the numbers? Like, do you go into each season with a goal of getting double-digit sacks? How do you approach those personal benchmarks? Uh, honestly, man, this just goes back to just studying your film and seeing what you could have done better the year before. And, you know, just going back to the things you did well, and uh, you have to break those things down and critic, uh, critique yourself in, in every way possible to try to, you know, be the best version of yourself every time you go on the field. Me personally, I'm not a guy that's trying to reach a certain number. I'm just a guy that's trying to uh, put out the best film as possible that I can put out. So numbers numbers come when you just you put the work in, you put the time in, you put the film study in. Well, there certainly have been numbers the last few years, especially nine and a half sacks, a forced fumble last year, 65 career sacks. He is a free agent defensive end right now. Yannick Ngakwe is my guest. Yannick, good to have you back. I know you're going to land somewhere soon. Appreciate the conversation. Good luck. I know we'll do it again soon. Thank you so much, man. God bless. You too. Really quickly, one setup. Rome, I have listened to the show since I was 16 in 2005, so I missed out on the early smack-off guys. I have listened to the Smack Off every year since then, and you know me. I've been a show contributor for the last 18 years as an emailer. I do have to say, for me, before these last two Smack Offs, in the previous few years, the lead-up to the show has overshadowed the actual show. Let me stop right there. You're entitled to your own opinion, no matter how wrong it is. I continue, but these last two years have gotten the show back on track and absolutely killed it. You know a show is great when you can argue for almost any of the participants being in the top five. There was no first hour feed then to LT participants. It was amazing, and I'm already looking forward to next year, Matt and Poland Springs. I would argue that not every single phone call or even every single hour is smack-off worthy because of the big stage? But I would disagree when you say you had to get it back on track, and you did. It never came off track. Not every year is like this past year, but every year is really freaking good. All right, so why don't we take a look back? Smack-off 29. I want to look back since it was a pretty amazing show, and I just kind of walked it off to Wisco before I could share any thoughts or really process any of what happened. So first of all, once again, an amazing show. Thank you to everybody who called in. Thank you to everybody who listened. Thank you to everybody who tweeted or emailed or hit us up on Instagram. If you participated in any way at all, thank you very much because you helped make it a truly great smack off. And yes, it does blow my mind that we're 29 years in and the main event still kicks so much ass. 29 years into this thing. I mean, 29. That is a big, fat number. 29, and it's still straight fire, and that's got nothing to do with me and everything to do with the callers, a.k.a. the best callers in radio. They were fired up all smack-off season and then pretty much all came through on the big day. Essentially, everybody did. Well, almost everybody Everybody except, I don't know, 
Jeff in Richmond. Just messing with you, big fella. Dude, it was great to have you back. This guy had a massive lead up to the main event. He had clones coast to coast, including one NFL general manager buzzing about his RSVP called call. But unfortunately for Jeff, he just did not stack up. He did not stack up day of. And the main reason for that is there was a pile, a stack of outstanding phone calls on the big day. The defending champ, Caleb in Green Bay, came back spitting more fire and still finished only eighth. The absolute legend, Iafrady, finished seventh. That's just how deep that field was this year. So I want to give a quick shout out to the dudes that rose to the very top and made it to the podium in arguably the most competitive year ever. Which brings us to maybe the most controversial thing that happened during Smack Off 29. The GOATS call. The BIC's third place call. It featured some of the best and most ferocious smack of the entire event. But it also featured two dreaded phone glitches. Next stop is Providence. So who? Isn't she too old? You think the salts preserve the eggs? Okay. Whatever. After those two, I can get through anything. But uh, from Providence, we're headed to Calgary. Okay, God. Uh, make a note. I'm probably going to need some blue chew for that one. My God. Okay, stop number four, Jim. Portland. Portland. You heard her earlier. She only shaves to the knees. Fine. I'm going to need my beard trimmer, some deodorant, and uh, are shrooms legal up there? Okay. Give me a ton of those. Home stretch here, Jim. Looks like I finished the Brad and Corona bone stock in Omaha. Ugh. Uh. Omaha. Get the link from Left on Laguna. War Lady Clones. I mean, that second glitch was so brutal. He could have survived one glitch. He might have even snatched another strap if it was only that one glitch. But the second one doomed him. And I know that Brad thinks it was more of an our end problem than a his end problem. The tough part about that argument is we didn't have an issue or a glitch or a slip up on anybody else's line the rest of the day. But hey, it happens. Even to the GOAT. And the call may have won if not for that glitch. Third place is no joke, and neither is Bradley making his ninth career podium visit. Well done. And as always, dude, even in a year when you finish third, may I just say, Now, if the BIC glitch situation was not the biggest controversy of the smack-off, then my pick for the winner was... Because it always is. Because it was that damn close. I said it at the time. It was damn near a coin flip. As close as any smack-off has ever been. And by the thinnest of margins, Mark and Hollywood just barely missed a wire-to-wire win. Something that almost never happens. Mark, my dude, you still deserve an absolute ton of credit for making one of the single best leadoff calls in smack-off history and coming through with one of your best efforts on this program ever. Sorry, Jim, uh, this is kind of embarrassing. Let me, let me uh, re-rack this thing. Just give me like two seconds here and... Uh... Hold up, Mark. Forget Siri. You got Broadway Vic to get your back. Wait. 
thinking, no, Cal, is that really you? <laughs> Shouldn't you be getting ready for your own call? Well, there's no way an illiterate jack wagon like me can beat you, so if you can't beat him, join him. Oh, come on, bro. Don't be so hard on yourself. You got a shot at this thing. Well, I guess if I, I had your looks, your talent, uh, your game, uh, and just your overall confidence, maybe I could make something of my miserable life. <laughs> True. But why not start with something small? Like, instead of rehashing old, tired 80s movie references, why not finally bring your smack into the 21st century? Ah, uh, the 21st century. Like when Marty McFly went to the future and back to the future, too. God, I hate this guy. Wait. Brad and Corona? How you doing, bud? Are you also throwing in the towel early and giving me the chip? I just want to speed up the process of your life, Mark, okay? You're taking too long the way this thing's going. Dude, you've won this thing six times. Why not just make a call? Because unlike me, when I'm selling my ass on the streets of Corona, you've got this thing wrapped up. You're really proud of that wrapped up blast, aren't you? Put that on a banana hammock. Now, look, Jim, I'm sorry. I made these guys drop out, but we can still have... I mean, I loved everything about that call. I love that he wanted in early. I love that he referenced his winning call from a decade ago. I love the creativity. I love the passion. I love the energy. It was an epic showing, my guy. And you did deserve your first podium in nine years. Well done. I loved everything about Mark and Hollywood's call. I just loved everything about Mark and Boston's call a little bit more. Because Mark in Boston decided to make his call from the champ's house a.k.a. the legendary Lorelei Inn in Green Bay. Mark went into the champ's house and ripped the champ's crown right off his head. Jimmy, i got to close out my tab before the crowd turns on me. Around these parts, gratuity is called cow tipping. Caleb, I know you love doing songs in your call, Burger King of Smack, so let me play your current favorite. Sing it with me. Whopper, 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 whopper. Everyone here is a whopper. Like Caleb in Green Bay. You're overweight. I'll see you tomorrow, Jimmy. Bye. I mean, so epic. That's what a clone winning his first strap sounds like. Congrats again to the first-time champ, Mark in Boston. And no, we did not pick him in advance. No, it was not his turn to win. No, it was not another Wisco Jim homer pick. That doesn't even make sense. Considering the dude traveled to Wisconsin for his call just to insult Wisconsinites. But it was really creative, freaking hilarious, and entertaining, and the best call of the day, that's why he won. And those are the exact same reasons I chose the 28 champions before him. Well done on joining that group, Mark. Nobody could ever, ever take that away from you. In fact, he seemed to understand that better than anybody when he called back up for the interview. That He seemed to have a full grasp of, you know what, I'm in the group. I'm in the fraternity. I did it. Nobody can take that from me. I am now part of history. And, dude, you are. You absolutely are. And now you are the champ, and you can rock that crown for an entire year and then defend it on the 30th edition. So, well done, everybody else, for making Smack Off 29 better than ever. Start the countdown to Smack Off number 30. I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of you. Again, I had nothing to do with that. XR 40 I worked out pretty hard. Tommy worked out really hard. The whole crew did. 
But that show is not about me. That show is about the callers, and the callers showed up. 29 years in, and you can't tell me, like, man, that is faded, that is played, that is washed, that no longer works. Bullcrap. It was awesome. It was awesome. Some reaction really quickly. Jim and Tonic. Before I read that, never ceases to amaze me the amount of hard liquor that is consumed on airplanes before lunch and not on vacation days. This gal next to me was just smashing Bombay sapphires and tonics at 1030 in the morning. I'm like, yo, I was a big gin guy back in the day. Even I never did that. Maybe once on a Vegas run. For her, I think it was just Wednesday. Jim and Tonic, the BIC had it in the bag. Great call. How does that guy have a bad connection? Cost him the crown. Get to the Lorelei next year. Julian, formerly in Edmonton. I mean, he's the GOAT. And probably would have won without that glitch. Then he threw his last kid in there because he couldn't... You can't win with that. You can't win with that. Even if you had the best call of the day. Eric in Appleton writes, the BIC is just a gimmicky little glitch. Well done, dude. I like that. Rome slice of cheese. If you're looking to make it through Smack Off 29, if you're looking to make it through your Smack Off 29 call, you're probably not Vic and NoCal. Regards that baggy news report. You're getting ready for work right now, then you're probably not. Doug you're getting Collins. ready for work right now, then you're probably not. You're Doug getting Collins. ready for work right now, then you're probably not. Doug Collins. You're getting. Ready Here's something. Right now, I'm gonna say one of the biggest disappointments of the day, and one of the biggest surprises of the day, refers to this dude from Cheers. Quote: Laughing at the morons that predicted the dog or Jeff. Who predicted the dog or Jeff? You mean like half of you? Yet yeah, neither one of them did well. Neither one of them had a good day. Which was too bad. Because I had very high expectations for both. At Hitman Canadian. Cindy's song drop should be stuck in the middle with you. Clowns to the left of her. Jokers to the right. She wouldn't say that. Geoff is in. Romy, Jack Savage, is floating in the ocean right now with a few slugs in his back and suffering from a severe case of amnesia. Regards the Savage identity. Jesus it's Jack Savage. It's one of my favorite parts of that franchise. That he's just floating in the water and some dude who runs a fishing boat was able to operate on him and remove the burning slugs from his back. with a bullet-ridden sweater. Hey, man. That guy found the right fishing boat. Not only can that dude dislodge a hook from the mouth of a fish, he can operate on a dude who has been shot multiple times in the back. Damn, Bourne. How'd you make it back? I found some fisherman who extracted the bullets from my back. Let's try this guy. He wants one. Let's go to the Northwest. Aaron, good to have you, Aaron. What's going on? 
Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Aaron. Ah! That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. Rule like well, number one. Not a very good if call. If you want a golden ticket, do not be on speaker. Jeff in Milwaukee. What's going on, Jeff? How are you? Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for taking my call. First time, long time. I wanted to call to talk about the smack-off. First, I wanted to say sorry for missing the start of the smack-off because I had a late-night party in the night before. You know me, party arty. Anyways, I tuned in just in time to hear Benny and Wisco's call and wanted to ask him to stop making jokes about me. Jeez. Benny, I'm asking you to do a nice thing, you know? Wisco resident to Wisco resident. I just think the jokes are in bad taste, and I know a thing or two about bad taste. Anyways, Jim, I promise to catch the whole snack off next year. Dave from the Lorelei, if you're listening, I'd like to RSVP to your watch party next year. I heard it's going to be a buffet if you catch my drift. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Dude. Not a very good call. Were you supposed to be Jeffrey Dahmer? If memory serves, somebody got to Dahmer in 94 in prison. No way. That guy didn't make it. This is what I came back to. Fake Jeffrey Dahmer calls. Good night now!